0: have an outline there, and, you know, I want to ask the question, why does this church support the nation of Israel? Why do we support the nation of Israel? We've seen a lot of horrible images the last week or so on the televisions, online, and, you know, it's important to understand that war is horrible, war is ugly, war is disgusting, But unfortunately, sometimes war is necessary to protect good and to punish evildoers. Why do we support Israel? The answer to that is because God is beginning to stir and assemble a nation to fulfill Bible prophecy. We're seeing this fulfillment of Bible prophecy right before our own eyes. You cannot read your Bible without coming into contact with the God of Israel. That's how he's described. He is, in fact, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob by his own admission. And so we're going to look at some things this morning to consider why this church supports the nation of Israel. Why does our church support Israel? Uh, And the simple reason is because when I read my Bible, I don't see anything other, I don't see any other option than the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ supporting the nation that God says that he loves, that he chose. And there has been written many promises throughout the scriptures, more than what we could even touch today, announcing in fact that his heart, God's heart, is for the nation of Israel. That his promises to Israel, first of all, they're eternal. Don't believe that God's done with Israel. He's not. God is getting ready. He's just starting to do a great work with Israel. And we should be excited, we should be loving about what God is doing amongst the Jewish people, even in the midst of the trial in which they find themselves in. And yet there are those concerning Uh, Israel, who are coming out of a lot of seminaries today and a lot of uh, churches that are really off the mark theologically, that are saying, you know what, you don't need to worry about Israel anymore, don't worry about it, don't get involved with Israel, in fact, you have to stand up against Israel. They actually believe this. Well, it's incumbent upon us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ to read the Bible and to see what God says and to obey what God says. And I would just say, if, if you're supporting a church or a ministry that's resisting God's work within the nation of Israel, quite, quite frankly, run from it. Stop supporting it. Because if they're going to compromise in areas that are so clear in the Word of God as that, I guarantee you they're going to compromise in other areas as well. So, why does this church support Israel? It doesn't take a spiritual Einstein to figure this out. Turn over in your Bibles to Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31 in the Old Testament. It doesn't take a biblical Einstein to figure out where God's heart is for the nation of Israel, concerning the nation of Israel. Jeremiah 31, verse 1, It says there, the prophet writes, At that time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the people or clans of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. Who is he talking about? He's talking about Israel. When Israel sought for rest, the Lord appeared, verse 3, to him from far away, He says, I have loved you with an everlasting, look at that, everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. This is God speaking of Israel. We love that verse, but it was first given to the nation of Israel, to the people of Israel. Verse 4, he says again, I will build you and you shall be built, O virgin Israel. And you shall adorn yourself with tambourines and you shall go forth and The dance of the merrymakers. Verse 5, again, you shall plant vineyards on the mountains of Samaria. Right there, right in your margins, Amos 9.14. Amos 9.14, which says this, In Amos 9.14, God says, I will restore the fortunes of my people Israel, and they shall rebuild the ruined cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink their wine, and they shall make gardens and eat their fruit. Verse 15 says this, I will plant them on their land. And they shall never again be uprooted out of the land that I have given them says the Lord your God. Listen, I'm not so naive as to sit here and say, oh, I agree with everything Israel does. There's a lot of politics that Israel's involved with that I don't agree with. It. But you know what? God didn't ask me to agree with their politics. God asked me in his word to obey the scriptures because he's doing a work with his people Israel. And listen, it's, it's wrong to deny the existence of Israel when we have people in even in our own government who do this, and come out against it. And I think it's, it's wrong to be some sort of, on the other hand, ses- sensationalist, uh, sensationalist kind of an attitude and go way beyond what Scripture says about Israel. So we have to stick to the Bible, amen? We have to look at what God's Word says. But I would say, and you'd be very naive is to disagree, that God is moving in the nation of Israel exactly as He said He would. None of this comes as a surprise to the heart of God. And so I stand here today explaining simply that and recognizing this is God's stage. He's in control. He's setting acts in the world and with the Jewish nation, and he's setting them up for his end-time fulfillment of Scripture. We've studied some of that as we've gone through uh, the different books in the New Testament, First and 2 Thessalonians. We've talked about end-times things. And for people to deny that would be a great loss. Um, I actually saw a t-shirt this last week. And on the t-shirt it said, Civilizations, nations, and empires that have tried to destroy the Jewish people. And then it had a a box and it listed them. The nations and their status. Ancient Egypt, gone. The Philistines, gone. Assyrian Empire, gone. Gone. Babylonian Empire, gone. The Persian Empire, gone. The Greek Empire, gone. The Roman Empire, gone. The Byzantine Empire, gone. The Crusaders, gone. The Spanish Empire, gone. Nazi Germany, gone. The Soviet Union, gone. Iran, question mark. (laughs) I really believe, and at the bottom of the t-shirt it says, the Jewish people, the smallest of nations but with a friend in the highest of places. You better be nice. (laughs) Why? Why? Because these nations' plans was to exterminate the nation of God's people, the nation of Israel. Because they don't believe, they don't recognize the state of Israel. They don't want to recognize it. And there's people with, even within the church today that said, well, we shouldn't recognize them either as Christians because they're non-believers. They don't believe in God. There's a lot of Jews today that are very, very liberal in their politics. It's, it's unfathomable what they believe. And there are some folks today that say, well, you know what, don't be into all that prophecy stuff about Israel because, you know what, I'm just going to stick with Jesus and the gospel. That's very naive, my friends. They're all tied together. Because, by the way, if you haven't looked into the Word of God lately, 25, 27% of your Bibles basically is prophetic. So don't say, oh, I'm not going to get involved with the end times and eschatology and all that. That's just controversial stuff. I'm just going to hang with Jesus and the Gospel. See, certain people's skepticism in the God of the Bible in these last days, it's, you know what it's doing? It's proving Scripture, is it not? not. That's exactly what the Bible says will come. The Bible says that scoffers will come. And I'm here to tell you that your attitude, your view toward Israel and the end times fulfills Bible prophecy, whether you're for it or against it. The Bible tells us that when you you read the scriptures, it mentions Israel 2,566 times in the Bible. I think that's a pretty good number of times. Thank God we have computer software that tells us that. We don't have to sit there and count them all. Even if you look at the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, how many chapters are in Genesis? 50. 50 chapters in Genesis. 11 of those chapters deal with what? The creation of the heavens, the the creation of man, the fall of man. It deals with the flood. It deals with the Tower of Babel and the development and the spread of all the nations over the face of the earth. That's just 11 chapters of 50. That leaves 39 other chapters. Guess what they deal with? They deal with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They deal with the nation of Israel. They deal with God lifting the nation of Israel up and promising the land to Israel. That's the majority of the book of Genesis. Don't believe the lie that God is done with the nation of Israel. I honestly believe he's only getting started. He's only getting started. Why does this church support Israel? First of all, because the God of the Bible is the one who created Israel for his own glory. He created Israel for his own glory. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, it's very clear. It says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from the country, from your country and your kindred and your father's house. To the land that I will show you, and I will make you, God says, a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Verse 3 says, I will bless those, listen, who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be under God's curse. I want to be under his hand, the blessing. And in you, all the families of the earth, it says, shall be blessed. Why does this church support Israel? It's not rocket science. It's because God supports Israel. The God of the Bible supports Israel. So why kick against God? God is working in the earth. And if you look, you can see, basically, if you look at history, the history of Israel, the history of the Jew throughout human history, that one word, Israel, really proves the existence of God. If you want proof that a God exists, my one word answer to your question is Israel. Israel. Genesis 15, 18 says, On that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying to your offspring, Listen, I give this land. Look out, you <laughs> Look out, United States. Watch out, President Biden, Secretary of State Blinken. You better listen to this. Here's what he says in verse 18. I give you this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. That's the land that God promised to Israel. Some people, when they talk about the land of Israel, they say, well, they should go back to the pre 1967 borders. Are you kidding me? You want to go back to 1967? Why stop there? Why not go all the way back? Let's go way back. Israel should return to its original borders. They don't want to hear that. Governments of the world, how well do they know history? It's the God of history who set up Israel's borders. It's His story by the way, not ours to tell. And he was the one who said that Israel is going to be this big when the promises are fulfilled. The United Nations hasn't seen anything yet. They're going to come unglued when God fulfills His promise to Israel, when they occupy all of their rightful land that was given to them by God. Granted, Israel's got some terrible days ahead, weeks ahead, months ahead, possibly years ahead. Down the road, she's got the tribulation period coming. She's got the time of the Antichrist coming. No doubt about it. But you know what, beloved? It's not over. It's not over for Israel. In fact, all of the indicators around us indicate that he's going to finish his work with Israel. He will finish it. And when he's done and Christ returns... The Bible says he will establish the borders of that promised land to Israel in all of its fullness. And guess what? It's going to be a lot bigger than it is now. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 6. The Lord says this, Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 6. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be the people of his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Verse 7 says, And it was not because you were more in number than the fewest of people. He didn't choose them because they were just a bunch of people. That the Lord has set his love on you and chose you. It wasn't because of that. For you were the fewest of all peoples, he says. Verse 8, But it was because the Lord loves you and is keeping you the oath that he swore to your fathers, because God is a promise keeper, not a promise breaker. That the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Listen, God keeps his promises. That's a good thing. That's a good thing for us to understand, that God keeps his promises, not only to Israel, but to us, us. So why does this church support Israel? Well, first of all, he created Israel for his own glory. Secondly, it's because the God of the Bible is the one who is jealous for Israel. He's jealous for Israel. Read your Bible. Get on the right side of the Bible. You read your Bible and you try to get on... Your side of the Bible. You try to make the Bible say what you want it to mean. That's ridiculous. Don't do that. Read your Bible and get on what God says. Understand. And there's been many foolish people throughout the history of the church who want to divorce somehow God's promises to Israel and say, well, they don't apply anymore because Israel's living in disobedience. So now we're going to take all those promises and we're going to transform to God's people, the church. So Israel is irre- irrelevant. 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 That's called, by the way, replacement theology. The replacing God's promises that He made to the nation Israel when they're saying, well, they don't apply to Israel anymore. Now we're going to apply them to the church. How foolish that is. That's false doctrine. That's not only the manipulation of Scripture, my friends, that, that's really a, a revision of history. It's taking from God. It's robbing him of his intent. He will fulfill his plan for Israel. He created her and he's jealous for her, the Bible says. I mean, I'm not the prophet or a son of a prophet, and I'm not saying you'll see this in the next day or weeks, but I'm saying that we are living in a time today that is incredible. It's amazing. Because you can sense it in your, in your gut with all of your discernment. We're about ready to see something radical happen when it comes to the nation of Israel. And the word of God says that he who keeps Israel does not slumber. He does not sleep. Anybody who's messing with Israel is going to get into a major problem. They're not going to have a problem with me. They're not going to have a problem with the UN or the United States. They're going to have a problem with the Holy One of Israel, who says, I'm jealous for my people, the land of Israel. He has set his heart upon them. He's jealous for them. Exodus chapter 34, verse 14 says this, You shall worship no other god, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Jealousy in a holy way, not in a way that we think of it as a sinful way. God loves his people, Israel. Turn over to <clears throat> Ezekiel, <clears throat> Ezekiel chapter 37. He continues here and he, he talks about the house of Israel. Ezekiel 37, look at verse 11. Ezekiel in the Old Testament there, and he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open, listen, your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you, what's it say? I will bring you into the land of Israel. Verse 13, And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. Notice, by the way, verse 13 is telling us that in the process of Him gathering them up and bringing them back into the land which we have seen, we'll see in a moment what that's talking about. But it has to do with the future eye-opening experience of the people of Israel. That they will recognize one day, wow, He is our God. First things first, though. Today we hear a lot, even within the church, oh, are you one of those Zionist Christians? Yes. Without apology. Without apology. What is that? A Zionist Christian is someone who believes what the Bible says is true when it comes to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that he will bring back the diaspora of his people, the distribution of his people all over the world, the scattering of his people, and they will come back into their own land in the last days. Look at what has happened since the land of Israel has been taken back. We believe what the Scripture says. The Zionist Christian is not a bad term. It's a good term. Why are we that? Because God is Zionist. God is for Israel. He loves Israel. He loves Jerusalem. He's drawn his people from all the corners of the earth. Read somewhere like Isaiah 43. That's what he says there. And in Ezekiel here, he's, he's announcing this same thing. And to, to not deny the fact that God is going to bring his people back is to deny the promises of God. And I think that would only come from someone who would hold a, what we call, replacement theology position. They don't recognize Israel. And that's a sign of the end times as well. People will falter in this area. There are many in the church today who are putting down Israel. They're denying its existence. <laughs> it's ridiculous. God says he's going to bring them back at a time when they would be unbelieving in him. That's what scripture says. It's amazing. Look at verse 14. You see the result of this. He says He's going to open the graves and raise you from the graves, O my people. Verse 14, Ezekiel 37, And I will put My Spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. Jump all the way down to verse 21 of Ezekiel 37. Then say to them, Thus says the Lord God, behold, I will take the people of Israel from the nations among which they have gone and will gather them from all around and will bring them, what? To their own land. You hear God referring to the land of Israel as their own land over and over. It's always their own land, their own land, their own land. Why? Why is that? It's because God promised them that land. God promised that land to Israel. He says it's their land. Verse 25, And they shall dwell in their land that I gave to my servant Jacob where your fathers lived. They and their children and their children's children shall dwell there forever. And David, my servant, shall be their prince forever. I will make a covenant of peace with them. And it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. Once again, you see the word everlasting. Eternal. And I will set them in their land and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in their midst how long forever it says verse 27 now he's he's speaking there about the the millennium time verse 27 my, my my dwelling place shall be with them and i will be their god and they shall be my people verse 28 then the nations will know that i am the lord who Sanctifies Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forever. See, God's just getting warmed up with Israel, my friends. This is just the beginning. He's bringing them back together. He's got a plan. People want to rename the nation. They argue well, that's not Israel, that's actually Palestine. It's ridiculous. They don't know their history clearly. You're not going to find Palestine in the Bible anywhere. That's not a slight on the Palestinian people. I'm just saying that's a slight on the historians that try to revise history. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. The Bible says that Jesus will return where? To Israel, he says. He will return to Israel. He knows what he's talking about. He's coming back, he knows exactly when he's coming back, he knows where he's coming back, he knows the landing strip that he's going to come down on in a very clear approach he's going to come over the area of and down from the east to the west his foot's going to touch on the Mount of Olives and he's going to pull in for a landing right on the Temple Mount and everybody's going to freak out that's coming my friends He's going to do that. He knows what he's talking about. He said he's going to return to Israel. He's going to return to Jerusalem. Not Capitolina, whatever else they want to call it. Palestine. It's Israel. Well, thirdly... Not only did God create Israel for his own glory, and he's not only jealous for Israel, the third thing we want to look at, why does this church support Israel? Because the God of the Bible is the one who would reestablish Israel before he returns. We see that in the verses that I I read earlier in Amos chapter 9. He's coming to a nation that has been regathered out of the nations of the world. Amos 9, 14-15 going to restore the fortune. Verse 15, I will plant them in their land. Never shall they be uprooted again out of the land which I gave to them, says the Lord. The UN, the United States, the Congress, you better be careful what you're doing with Israel when it concerns Israel. You better tread Lightly. Because God says in the book of Joel that he's going to enter into judgment with those nations that seek to divide up his city, Jerusalem, and to parse it up among his people. We can see Israel's enemies are growing. That's a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. They're going to seek to destroy Israel as a people. They've tried many times. Psalm 83, verse 2 says, For behold, your enemies make an uproar. Those who hate you have raised their heads. Verse 3, it says, They lay crafty plans against your people. They consult together against your treasured ones. Guess who that is? That's Israel. Israel. Don't think this was just a handful of terrorists crossing the border into Israel and taking some innocent people hostage and killing some other ones. Oh, it's just another thing that goes on over there. No, this was far, far worse. We haven't seen anything like this since the Holocaust. This was very, very planned, very purposeful. To be able to do this under the nose of Israeli intelligence, let alone our own intelligence, what they did a week ago Saturday was very well planned and it was very well funded by the way. We better be careful. Verse 4 says, They come. They say, come, let us wipe out as a nation. Let the name of Israel be remembered no more. Have you read some of the charters of Hamas, the PLO, Iran, They're not satisfied with occupying any land. They don't want the land. They want death to Israel. Verse 5 says, They conspire with one accord. Against you they make a covenant. What we're seeing fulfilled today is a 3,000-year-old prophecy. (laughs) This war that's going on now is being fulfilled right before our eyes. Isaiah 43, verse 1 says, But now says thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, here's what he says to him: fear not, fear not, for I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, you are mine, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you, when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you, verse 3, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. No, they don't recognize it yet, but they will one day. He says, I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you because you are precious in my eyes. This is God talking of Israel and honored and I love you. And I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. It's amazing How many Jews have left from all over the world in the past many years to what? To return to their homeland, Israel. From all over the world. You have people from Africa, you have people from Russia, you have people from everywhere. And even now we have people leaving the United States to go back to fight with the IDF against this terrorist group It's fulfillment of Bible prophecy. He says in verse 6, I will say to the north, give up. (laughs) Who's, Who's north of Israel? Go all the way up, Russia. Let me tell you something. The Russian people, as Jews being born in Russia, guess where they're moving to? They're moving back to Israel. They made a beeline and as soon as that wall came down, they moved back to Israel. And he doesn't ask them he notices, it says in verse 6, I, I will say to the north, give up. Give up my people is what he's saying. Let my people go, you could say. And to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Verse 7, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I have formed and made. This is an exciting time we're living in. Yes, it's tragic, it's horrible to see what's going on. But it's also, you can recognize the hand of God when you read the Bible. Why do we support Israel? Not only because God created Israel for, her, for his glory and that he's jealous for Israel and he would reestablish Israel before he returns. But fourthly, the God of the Bible is the one who would cause Israel to be born, listen, in one day. In one day. Because This is what the scripture says. In Isaiah 66, verse 8, Isaiah 66, verse 8, it says this Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall a land be born in one day? The prophet asks. Shall a nation be brought forth in one moment? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she brought forth her children. I mean, if you're a skeptic of what the Bible says, check this out. He speaks it to a nation that was a nation, and then the assumption basically is that they would no longer be a nation. So just see if that fits any other country in history. It doesn't. And then they would become a nation again. Not over the course of a great struggle, not through the course of many wars, but it says in one day. Something would happen in that one day that a nation that was a nation, seeks to be a nation, would become a nation again. And it would happen in one singular day. I I, I honestly believe the nation of Israel proves the existence of God because on one day, May 14th, 1948, God raised up Harry Truman to stand in defense of Israel there at the United Nations. And declare, and the world followed our lead because at that time we were worthy of people following us. (laughs) We were a powerful nation then, and they would follow us at the time. God set all that up, by the way, having us lead and win in the Second World War. The nations of the world were indebted to this nation financially for that great liberation that we secured along with our allies. And guess why God set that all up? Why did he set all that up? All that was set up for May 14th, 1948. I mean, you know I love our military. I have many family members that have served and continue to serve in our military. But it's staggering when you stop and think about it. Honestly, you could say that we haven't won a war. The United States hasn't won a war since World War II. That's hard to hear, but it's true. And on May Fourteenth, 1948, a clock started ticking about the end times, and I believe it was the most significant end time event, the birth of the nation there of Israel. Well, also, we believe support for israel because it's the god of the bible who will judge the nations regarding israel it says in joel chapter 3 verses 1 and 2 for behold in those days and at that time when i restore the fullness of judah and jerusalem is that happening i mean you saw the video look at what they did over there it's it's amazing it's amazing if you've never been to israel it's it's amazing what they do over there agriculture growing in the middle of the desert it's it's just kind of weird says, I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the Valley of Jehoshaphat. Notice, it's not the Valley of Armageddon. It's not Megiddo. It's the, the Valley of Jehoshaphat. That's the, the Kidron Valley. This is going to take place at the end of the tribulation period when Christ establishes his kingdom. Daniel chapter 12 gives us more about the exact dates and all, or days and all that stuff, how many days it's going to take Jesus to change the nations, uh, the Messiah. Verse 2 says, I will gather all the nations, Joel 3, and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will enter into judgment with them there on behalf of my people and my heritage, Israel, because they have scattered them among the nations, and they have divided up my land. God does not look favorably on that. The land was promised to Israel by God himself. Whose land is it? God says, it's my land. You mess with Israel, my friends, you're messing with God. Israel in the scriptures is called what? It's called the apple of his eye. That's pretty significant. Every government decision, every action, every attitude, every anti-Semitic view is, is like you're poking the eye of God. You just keep poking, you see what happens. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus here is speaking regarding to that time, to this valley of Jehoshaphat. Matthew 25, verse 31, he says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, this is the second coming, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Verse 32, Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. Who is he talking about? He's talking about Israelis. That's a big divide there. There will be those who are, that are the goats and those that are the sheep separated. And who is he separating? This is not the church. He's not judging the church at that moment. That's not you. That's not I, if we've trusted in Christ. He's judging the nations, he says, because of how they treated Israel during this tribulation period. You know who comes out of this well, by the way? Jordan comes out pretty good, according to the Bible. Egypt comes out pretty good, according to the Bible. These are are nations that kind of (laughs) understand... You go against Israel, you're looking for problems. You're looking for trouble. Back when ISIS was around, the Egyptians gave Israel and their special ops free reign down there. So, do whatever you have to do to get rid of these people. You're welcome. And here, by the way, we'll write you a blank check to do it. And Israel was part of the eradication or the attempted eradication of, of ISIS. Shiva and Dedan come out well, which is our modern vernacular we call Saudi Arabia. They're going to fare pretty well at that time. See, those who are gentle, those who are kind to the Israeli people will get to live on into the millennial kingdom. Those who are hostile towards Israel will be taken away into judgment. God deals harshly with those who go against the nation Israel. Sixthly, it's because the God of the Bible is the one who will preserve Israel at the coming of Christ. It's the God of the Bible that's going to preserve Israel. In Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, he writes, And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy, so that, in other words, why is this? When they look on me, on whom they have pierced, they shall mourn for him as one for an only child, and weep bitterly over him, as one weeps over a firstborn. This God is the one who will preserve Israel. Zechariah 13.6, And if one asks, What are these wounds on your back? He will say, The wounds I received in the house of my friends. That is the first about Israel's Messiah. Messiah. Number seven, the God of the Bible is the one who will destroy all of Israel's enemies. That's what the Bible says. He will destroy all of Israel's enemies one day. I mean, you want to be on the right side, hopefully. (laughs) You want to be on the the good side. Get on the side of God's side. Be on the same side with God, because he's going to destroy everyone who stands opposed to his people. Ezekiel 39, verses 21 and 22, he says, And I will set my glory among the nations, and all the nations shall see my judgment that I have executed, and my hand that I have laid on them. And then verse 22 says, The house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day forward. And jump all the way down to verse 28. It says, And they shall know that I am the Lord their God, because I sent them into exile among the nations and then assembled them into their own land. This is all the hand of God. I will leave none of them remaining among the nations anymore. Did that happen? Absolutely. Why? Don't mess with the apple of God's eyes. God's eye. Don't, don't do that. You're, you're going to be judged. Eighthly, why do we support Israel? Because God, the God of the Bible, is the one who would prosper the Jews, and Israel. Even through, you could say this, even through the Holocaust of Israel, you read Deuteronomy 32, for example, uh, and what about Psalm 102, verse 13? It says, You will arise and have pity on Zion. It is the time to favor her. The appointed time has come. Verse 14, For your servants... Hold her stones dear and have pity on her dust. You ever go over to the land of Israel, you see people bowing down and kissing the dirt. Verse 15, nations will fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth will fear your glory for the Lord builds up Zion. He appears in his glory. See, God says he will prosper the land of Israel and he's already begun doing that as we saw in the video. I mean, it's, it's, it's very amazing to see. But you can tell. I mean, even when you watch the news, beloved, you can see who's pro-Israel and who's not. Just from the news coverage. You watch, even when Israel isn't in a war, when you watch footage on any newscast other than maybe a handful of conservative ones, what do they show? They show bombs and terrorists and smoke billowing. from. It's not like that over there. I've been there. I've never felt so safe as when we were in Israel. But people don't want you to think that. I mean, it's just very, very deceptive what they show. As a matter of fact, you know, the news would have us to believe that the Palestinian people hate the Jewish people. No, they don't. Some of them actually go to school together there them or live amongst each other. No problems at all. There's a handful of radicals probably on both sides. But see, that's what they want us to think. And you just have to be smart about it. A lot of people say, well, I don't want to go to Israel because it's so, you know, it could be so dangerous. Well, there's a lot of places in the world that are dangerous. I don't want to go to San Francisco. Kind of dangerous. Those of you who do, God help you. I don't, I don't understand your thinking, but we pray for you. But we should be supporting Israel. We should be, be supporting Israel with our prayers. We should, should be supporting Israel with our money, buy Israeli products, all those things. It's very, very, very important. It's, it's kind of like, remember Obed in the Bible? I don't know if you remember the story of Obed. This guy's just minding his own business in the Old Testament. And David says, you know what? I don't want this ark, the ark of the Lord. I don't want to hear anymore. Get it out of here. Put it in that guy's garage. And here's Obed. They parked this ark in, in Obed's garage. Probably covered it up with a blanket or something, like a 57 Chevy or something, just Yeah, I don't know what's going on. You're not supposed to touch it. That's all I know. So we're going to cover it up here and put it in my garage. And guess what happened to Obed? All of a sudden, this farmer, all of a sudden, he starts harvesting his carrots and his pomegranates and his almonds, and he doesn't stop harvesting, He just keeps harvesting. Incredible blessing upon Obed for taking in the ark. And everybody around Obed's going, what's up with this guy? What kind of fertilizers is he using? See, the ark represented the presence of God. And because he allowed it to be stored there on his property, he was blessed. Finally, they figured out, wow, he's blessed because the ark's there, and David could get that ark back here. We want the ark back, right? The idea is you need to support Israel. Get connected with Israel. Pray for them. Number nine why do we support Israel this nation of Israel is because the God of the Bible is the one who will make Jerusalem and Israel the focal point. Hello? <laughs> Zechariah 12:2 and 3 Behold I am about to make Jerusalem a cup of staggering to all surrounding peoples. The siege of Jerusalem will also be against Judah. On that day I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the peoples. All who lift it will surely hurt themselves, and all the nations of the earth will gather against it. That's not yet been fulfilled yet, but it's definitely on the stage, (laughs) clearly. I mean, think about it. You have Jerusalem, this, this beautiful city. All the eyes of the world are focused on it. It doesn't even have an airport. No airport, no oil, no river, nothing else. I mean, it's just none of that stuff. And yet it's the number one city that appears in newsprint all over the world. Go figure. As a matter of fact, you can even go so far as to say when when nations and their leaders are kind of planning and figuring out what to do with their own commerce and their own militaries and things like that, the one question that always arises, it doesn't matter what country it is, is how would this affect Israel? All their eyes are focused on Israel, this tiny little nation. When America was strong, we led, and the world grudgingly or not, they went with us because they wanted our money. (laughs) So as we supported Israel, they supported Israel. Guess what? The money's gone, folks. We don't have any more money. (laughs) We're, We're so far in debt, we'll never get out. And as a result, we don't have a whole lot of influence in the world. I think we're still the greatest nation, but boy, we we better be careful. We've got the greatest military made of the greatest people. But listen, they don't let them do their job. They don't let them do their job. They have all these politics involved. And rather than just go out and kill the enemy like a military is supposed to do, well, you can't do that. You know, are they really? Got to answer all these questions first. And guess what happens? A whole lot of people end up getting hurt. Our politics doesn't have the will to win anything anymore, it's all about appeasement. We apologize for even talking about winning as a nation. And unfortunately, they've divorced themselves from reality. And when our, our leaders in our country divorces itself from dealing with Israel justly and rightly and biblically, guess what? We're in deep trouble. I always tell people, when you go to vote, it's not hard, very easy. Only vote for people, three things. Forget about everything else. You know what, if a politician is talking, they're lying. I don't care who they are. What do you do? You look at their record. You look at their voting record in Congress and in the Senate. You look at what they actually supported. It comes down to three things. What have they decided about marriage? Where are they at on the sanctity of marriage? Because why? Why do I say that? Because that's created by God. Secondly, what is their voting record on the sanctity of life? Where are they at on that? Why? Because life is something that comes from the hand of God. It's precious. It's God's creation once again. What do they vote on? The sanctity of marriage. What do they vote on? The sanctity of life. I'm tired of people saying, well, you know, I don't like this personality of this politician, so I'm going to vote, you know, get over it. You're not voting for a pastor. You're voting for someone who stand up with some moral fiber and do the right thing. And it's not hard to figure out which political group today supports the death of unborn children Yes, even up until they're born. And which one doesn't? It's not rocket science. Marriage, sanctity of life. And thirdly, look at their voting record when it comes to the nation of Israel. I'm just saying. Why? Because it's God's creation. He created them. If they get it right on those three issues, you know what? They got my vote. I mean, they're going to lie till their teeth fall out as far as I'm concerned, but you know what? Their voting record doesn't lie. What you got to do is go online and look up their voting record. Israel is the focal point. God made it so. Even in, in the Bible, when you, when you go back to the back of your Bible, and I just want to say this because it's, it's so frustrating... When you go back and you see this map in the back of your Bible, and it says, Palestine in the time of Jesus. Please understand, your Bible maps are not inspired. They're not inspired. They're written by publishers. The only people who believe that go to universities and seminaries and college campuses If you know anything about history, anything. It was Emperor Hadrian of the Roman Empire in 135, listen, 135 A.D., who said, you know what, I'm sick of these Jews. I'm tired of these Jewish people. They're irritating me. They're driving me nuts. I'm done with them. That's it. And he declared in 135 A.D., he declared, you know what? We're going to rename their their capital Jerusalem or we're going to call it Capitolina." And you can almost see this, this emperor saying, hey, what would drive these people crazy? Somebody says, I don't know what would drive them crazy. Name their land after their enemy. Just declare that, It's not the land of Israel anymore. We'll just make up a new name for it. The word Palestine or Palestinian is is rooted in the word Philistine. The word means invader. I mean, we have to get clear on this. The next time somebody says, (laughs) I'm Palestinian, the only way that that's even possible is that you would have been born in Israel prior to May 14, 1948. Do you understand that? Because that's the terminology that was used from 135 A.D. to May 14, 1948. Because the emperor of Rome insulted Israel and said, you know what, I'm going to rename your land after the Philistines, Palestine." Now, if you were born prior to 1948 in the the land of Palestine, that's fine. You have the legal documents that say so. But show me a Palestinian corn. Show me Palestinian pottery. Show me Palestinian ancient maps. Show me Palestinian kings. Show me Palestinian ancient history. Guess what? You can't do it. because it was invented by Rome. It's always, and it will always be, the land of Israel. God is not anyway any way put out by governments making decisions and despots making decrees, saying, oh, now I'm going to do this. He doesn't care about that. God flies way over that radar. Well, the last reason here, why does this church support Israel? Because the God of the Bible is the one who will pour out his spirit, his Holy Spirit, by the way, on Israel itself. That's what the Bible says. It started, granted, on the day of Pentecost, in an embryonic sense, you could say. I mean, when you think about the early church, the church that was birthed at Pentecost, guess what? it was mostly jews all jews for the most part and then some gentiles started getting saved and they had a problem it was a strange thing for a gentile to be in a church during that time and when they started getting saved it created a big issue in jerusalem because what are we going to do with the gentiles all these jews were saying that who were part of the church they're actually getting saved but you know we're not supposed to have anything to do with them and what was it? You can read in New Testament, big battle. They had a big council meeting. And they said, well, should, they ha- should we should make them get them circumcised and maybe we could be around them? I mean, they had all these arguments. And now we're here on the other end of that, 2,000-some years later. I mean, how close is the Lord's return, beloved? Now the church, if you look at the church, is what? It's predominantly Gentile. Is it not? Yeah, there's a couple scattering of of Messianic Jews in the midst. But for the most part, it's mostly a Gentile church. This is an amazing time we live in. But God is about ready to take his church out of here. (laughs) Amen? Amen. And when that happens, make no mistake about it, you know what, some people say, oh, that's when the Holy Spirit leaves the face of the earth. No, he doesn't. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit dwells everywhere, all the time. He doesn't leave. He steps aside. He kind of says, okay, you know what? If you want to do this evil stuff, go ahead. I'm going to let you do it. The Bible says that at that time he will focus upon the nation of Israel and he will pour out his spirit on his people to the extent that you will have 144,000 Jews if you read your book of Revelation. There's never been 144,000 Jews on fire for the Lord before. That's going to happen. The Bible says they've got to be all men, they're virgins, and they have to speak Hebrew. There's 12,000 from each tribe. That has never happened in the history of the world. Some people say, well, what about the Jehovah Witnesses? You know, they were knocking on my door the other day. No, it's not them, trust me. They can say it is all day long. These guys, these 144,000 of the book of Revelation are going to preach. I mean, can you imagine having 144,000 Apostle Pauls preaching all over the world? I mean, Apostle Paul was one man. And look at how God used him. Can you imagine having 144,000? of him is coming. My theology says we're going to be watching from heaven, amen? (laughs) But the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out on the nation of Israel, on the people of God. Why does this church support Israel? I guess you could ask the question another way, why don't you? Why wouldn't you as God's people? What's your view concerning Israel? Well, I read a book or I read a news article. What's the Bible say? What does the scripture say about Israel? Because listen, if there's no Israel, there's no salvation. If there's no Israel, there's no return of Jesus Christ. If there's no Israel, there's no throne of David. Think about that. Jesus has never sat on the throne of David and if there's no Jerusalem to house the nation of Israel, to have the seed of David established for the Messiah, to have the son of David sit on it, then guess what? We, we must be following the wrong Jesus. If there's no Israel, there's no millennial reign of Christ. If there's no Israel, there's no God keeping his promises to Israel. Last time I checked in the Bible, our God is a what? A promise keeper He's faithful to his promises. And that's great news because guess what? There is an Israel. Every time you utter the name Israel, every time you see the name Israel, you should be saying, Praise God! Praise God for Israel. Because that's a sign that God keeps his promise, not only to Israel, but to you, to me. I'm not Jewish but I've been grafted in. Romans 2 says that. We're grafted in. And my heart has been circumcised, not with human hands, but with the hands of God. And the real worshiper of God is really the real Jew, you could say. Are you a God worshiper? then you're Jewish in heart. I mean, I love defending Israel. I love defending the Scriptures. Why? Because the Messiah is the one who saved me from my sin. And guess what? He's Jewish. He's Jewish. The most despised people on earth. Why? The most hated nation on the earth. Why? The most unique nation the world has ever seen. Why? Why? Because simply God's promises to Israel has never failed. And they never will fail. And if God keeps his promises to Israel, guess what? At night I can sit back and relax, realizing that God has his ability to keep promises to Israel, then he can keep his promise to me. Then my salvation is secure in Christ. And if you keep your view of Israel biblical... A biblical view of Israel will always be on the right side. You'll never be wrong. That's very arrogant to say that, but it's true. Because it's not your logic that wins the day. You're simply submitting yourself as a child of God to the Word of God. And the last time I checked, God's not impressed by big numbers. <laughs> the Bible says that in the last days there's going to be a lot of apathy... The Bible tells us that when Christ returns, will he even find faith on the earth? This is an amazing time to know what you believe and why you believe it. Study your Bibles. Understand that God's word is true. What you're hearing in the news, what you're seeing in the print, and on the online, is probably not. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your support of Israel, your people. We thank you that as a church, we wholeheartedly support Israel. We pray for peace in their land. Lord, we pray for the Israeli people. We pray for the Palestinian people, these innocent people who are in the clutches of these terrorists, these godless animals, really. And Father, I pray that Israel will be successful in their defeat, and they will meet their demise. Lord, we pray that you would be gracious to those who are caught up in this war over there. Lord, we pray for those who are being held captive even now. Pray for our government, that you would give them wisdom beyond their ability to do what's right, to do the just thing. And Father, I pray that our support for Israel would not waver as we see images and loss of human life grow. It's going to go up. It's not going to go down. And Father, we pray that you would intercede as only you can. And stay your hand of judgment. Pray that many would come to Christ through this period of time. And Lord, we thank you for your promises to Israel because they're, they're in fact promises to us as well as your people. And Lord, we thank you that you do not sleep, you do not slumber, that your hand is continuously sovereign over all these things. And I pray that we would look at it in that light, that we would not worry, we would not fret. But, Lord, we would know that you hold us in the palm of your hand and we are secure in Christ. And so, Father, we pray that you would bless our time of fellowship with the baby shower afterwards and, and pray that you would uh, just uh, bless our conversation as well and give us uh, time this week to pray, pray for peace in your land. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.